Our assigned portion is uh, John chapter 20 this morning, and we'll be starting at approximately verse number 19. Remember what we had studied earlier is the, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it was a very appropriate meeting in our worship meeting this morning where we rehearsed the power of the Lord Jesus Christ in His resurrection. It didn't look like power, but it was certainly the greatest manifestation of power that this world has ever known. And the Lord would say, I am He that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore and have the keys of death and of hell. So verse number 19 of John chapter 20. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples uh, were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst. Now, we wouldn't have planned it this way. Because if you, if you really uh, tabulate all that was going on here, sum it all up, it does not look like victory. It, 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 it looks like this whole plan that God had enacted is unraveling before our very eyes. Here we have His disciples. There were ten of them. And they, and they were there crowded into a room. And the Bible says that the doors were locked for fear of the Jews. Now wait. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. That's what it would be. That's what Paul said in concerns with the church. And here we have the foundations, the, the, the pillars, so to speak. Those disciples, there were probably more than ten in that room at that time, and they were cowled up in the corner for fear of the Jews. Pulling down of strongholds, they couldn't stand against the, the, the Jewish nation, the leaders of the Jews in that day. It's only a good thing that the Lord Jesus Christ just suddenly appeared to them in their midst. Because if He would have knocked on the door, it would have probably caused ten grown men to scream with fear. You see, it's not the way we planned it. But praise God, we're not the planners, are we? Really, I mean, if we would put it together, you want to start up a big business while you put together a president of the company and then you get the vice presidents and you put together a strong core of leadership. Men that are going to walk out in strength and move. And here was the core of this church, Christ's body which would come only just a short time later, and they were all coiled up in the corner of a room, and they bolted the doors down and locked them real good because they feared the Jews. They feared the Hebrew leaders. Wow! Doesn't look like victory to me. It looks like defeat. 
but believe it or not, all was going precisely as planned. Here's what it says. Jesus stood in their midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. Now probably those words are, 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 are because in Luke's account we find that, that when they saw the Lord Jesus Christ, He, he just appeared there in their midst. He, he, he dematerialized Himself and went through the walls and, and suddenly He appeared. They thought He was a ghost. That's what it says in Luke. And, and so the Lord Jesus Christ says, Peace be unto you. Oh, isn't that? That's wonderful words, isn't it? Let, let, let me tell you, if you're swimming in the cesspool of this world, it is not a very peaceful existence today. Because what happens is, when we are just swimming about in this world, and, and, and oh, maybe we come to church and, and we get that kind of a spiritual high, and then we go about the rest of the week living as though God does not exist, then we are being subjected to all the anxieties and the fears that permeate in our society around us. You see, what we are doing is we're basically uh, uh, treading water in this cesspool of ugliness that we're seeing around us. Now, it wasn't always like this. I mean, it, it, you go back to the 1960s and 1950s. And those were really good times. But now what do we hear? Oh, we can't, we can't govern ourselves anymore. We have this problem. We have this problem. And the problems just keep mounting up. If you're swimming in that, you need these words, peace be unto you. The peace that only the Savior can give. I'll tell you, there, there's something to living above it all. Because if you decide not to live above it all and you decide to swim around in it, let me tell you, there's going to be no peace in your life. There is absolutely no peace in this world anymore. If you get on to the news programs, the television news programs and stuff, let me tell you, they don't have a whole bunch of good news for you anymore. There's no peace. And so the disciples needed these words. Peace be unto you. And when he had said this, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sinneth, ye remit. Sins you remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. <clears throat> the Lord had manifested Himself four or five different times. There's different counts on that. During that first night, it was Sunday. It was Easter Sunday. The Lord Jesus Christ had probably one of the busiest days that man has ever seen. 
He rose from the dead in the morning, and by evening he'd been appearing to four different individuals, four different groups of people. First, we have the, the, the appearance to Mary Magdalene. Uh, the book of Luke, or the book of Mark, makes it very dis, uh, uh, obvious that she was the first that he appeared to. It also makes the distinction that she was the one that was possessed of seven demons. Isn't that amazing? I, I, I found that striking, isn't it? You see, the Lord Jesus Christ came out of the grave and He could have appeared to anyone. And He decided the best one to appear to is the biggest sinner. Mary Magdalene, having been, uh, uh, having had, that is past tense, seven demons, but they were dealt with by the Lord Jesus Christ, would she not be grateful and thankful as to the sight of this one risen from the dead? Oh, she was. Oh, she was. You know, I grew up in a Christian home, and, and, and you can say it was somewhat of a protected environment, and praise the Lord for that. I feel sorry for kids. I, 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 I teach school and I, and I see how unprotected these children are these days. And, and they're, they're, they're simply fodder for the enemy. But there are other individuals who, who grew up in, in a very strained, under very strained conditions. And their appreciation of the Lord can oftentimes be even greater than my own. But there was a resurrection first. And everything was as planned. There was nothing out of order. You didn't see the Lord Jesus Christ uh, all of a sudden appear in the room and say, What are you guys doing? What, what are you doing? All sitting in this room, bolting up the doors and acting like you're afraid of these Jews. Listen! We've got the power to stomp on serpents now. We've got the but you're gonna have the but you're you're gonna be the leaders of the yeah, get going. You've got to get moving. No, he walks in the room, he says, Peace be unto you. Everything was exactly as he had ordered it. Paul said this that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. Let me illustrate it this way. The Lord Jesus Christ went to Peter and he said, Peter, who do you say that I am? I've got the answer for that, said Peter. I've got the answer. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Spirit and blood hath not revealed this to you, Peter. But my Father, which is in heaven, you see, Peter had the knowledge, but he lacked one great thing because without the fellowship of the suffering and the fellowship of the resurrection, we are without power. That's why they didn't move from the Lord Jesus Christ. He taught them. They, he was, they were with Him exclusively. He didn't move them out because it wasn't time yet. If I was a great engineer and, 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 and I, I made this beautiful car 
I, I work in cars a little bit, so I know. You know, and I, I made this car, but this thing really has some neat features. I mean, it would shave you in the morning. You, you would get in your car, and you would punch in that you're going to work. Well, you need a nice, clean face. So a shaver comes out and shaves you in the morning. And all these really neat features, and boom, out pops a nice hot cup of coffee. And everything is, this, this car is the most amazing thing. And I put it in the, uh, in, in the car show, and they put it on one of those neat turntables, and it turns around, and everybody sees the engine, then they see the back, then they see all the features inside, say, what a wonderful car. But if I don't put gas in it, it's not going to go anywhere. Oh, you see, the Holy Spirit is the gas. The Holy Spirit is the power. And, and everything was going just as planned. Because they, they didn't move out and they, they stood in fear because they stood in fear because they didn't have the power yet. The moving of the Holy Spirit, that's what would empower them. And when he said uh, that, that I send you out, go into all the world and preach the gospel, the Holy Spirit had already taken a hold of them and given them the ability to do that. They, they were in their perfect spot. It, 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 it perfectly makes sense. Inside of a room, bolted up doors for fear of the Jews, cowering in fear. And then came Jesus in their midst. What a tremendous picture. Because it's not just p part of Jesus and some of us. And and. And maybe not so much of me, but mostly of Jesus. It's all of the Lord Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. He is the moving force. And that third party, the Holy Spirit, is the igniter. It's the one that empowers us to move forward. Let me tell you, if you're not risen with Christ then you're better off shutting up and sitting in a corner in fear. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. I want you to see a couple of things here. So I... Romans chapter 8. It says this, <clears throat> But of the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. Now take away that aspect completely. You have no part in the resurrection of Christ then you see, you're not living above it all. Your uh, source of life that moves you and makes you breathe and makes you speak what you speak and do what you do is not from heaven above. You are still earthbound. You are still dead in your trespasses and your sins. 
until we attain to that resurrection and that becomes our place that we are crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, we live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me and the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Until you make that your part, then you are dead. Th- th- those are sobering facts. You know, we, we have some very, very smart men out in this world that have done some great things that are absolutely dead. Because there's no communion with heaven. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 1. Paul says it this way. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1. And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in times past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that hath that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation, our lifestyle. We had our lifestyle in times past in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God who is rich in mercy for His great love, wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace. Ye are saved. No wonder they were in fear. No wonder they were cowled up. No wonder the enemy must have been dancing in the streets. Look at his disciples. His whole plan is unraveling before his very eyes. And the Lord Jesus Christ was absolutely calm and appears in their midst and says, Peace be unto you. It's not unraveling. It's right on course. It's right where it needs to be. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things of this earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. It was all according to his plan. And so there was a special infusion of the Spirit of God because these men were going to be the very foundational pieces, blocks, building blocks, so to speak, of what would eventually be the church. And so the Lord Jesus Christ empowers them with the Holy Spirit. There was Peter. There was Peter. Only just a short time before, the Bible says with oaths and cursings, he denied that he had ever known the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. You mean you're going to make him 
a, 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 a foundation, a, a, you're going to build upon it. That's, that's what, oh my goodness. A bunch of ragtag fishermen, uneducated for the most part, these individuals, this is the way your plan is going to go forward, that's the way my plan is going to go forward. I'm going to use them. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, it, 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 it pins it down, <clears throat> this, this, this whole idea, and it, it is so contrary to the way we would naturally think. And, and if we are not careful, we begin to think like the corporate world out there. We begin to think like human beings who are, who are walking dead men. We begin to think like them. But th- this whole thing is built on something else. 1 Corinthians chapter Number uh, 1 in verse 26. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and the base things of the world, and the things which are despised, hath God chosen, yea, the things which are not, to bring to naught things that are. That no flesh may glory in His presence. But of Him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption, that according as it is written, He that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. What a, There could not have been a better group of people. If that's your objective, if that's your goal, it, it, it is to amplify the Lord and the Lord only, then, then how better could you do it? Oh, go get corporate VIPs. Let those boys that know how to move men Leaders of men. Oh, then where will the glory go? Why, it'll go to those corporate VIPs. But you get a bunch of ragtag fishermen and even a man who had denied the Lord Jesus Christ, others who showed their own weaknesses, and and all of a sudden, all the glory rests in the very place of the Lord. Just exactly the way it should be. To Him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. That's the objective, isn't it? So, so you, you don't look at this and say it's unraveling. Oh, no, 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 no. You look at this and say, oh, the Lord's going to get the glory out of this one. Man, look at those guys. Look at those guys. You, you'd think they'd run around like bold men, you know? Oh, really bold. No, they're running around like cowering, weak individuals. And that's exactly what the Lord used. That's the material. That's, that's what He used. Weak people. And, and so that He might get all the glory. What an amazing principle. In weakness and defeat, he won the meat and crown. He trampled his foes beneath his feet by being trodden down. It it doesn't sound logical. How could that have been a display of power as like has never been displayed before? That can't be a display of power. He has spit running down his face. 
I can see it, the, the, the blood on his face where the Roman soldiers beat his face and made it swell up and bruise. That doesn't look like power. He trampled his foes beneath his feet by being trodden down. So when you see the disciples all called up in that little room, they're exactly where the Lord desired them to be. And then there's Thomas. Verse 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. He missed that meeting for whatever reason. And we'd only be speculating as to the reasons because the Word of God doesn't give us any reasons as to why Thomas was not there. But Thomas was not there for that particular meeting. And, 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 and oftentimes we, we find ourselves in, in the same position. Oh my, the sun's out this morning. It's so beautiful. It'd be so nice just to commune with God in the fresh air on my bike and skip church. Did Thomas miss an important one? Whoa, 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 did he miss an important one? He had to wait eight days. And in eight days, he, he, he slid into more and more doubt. He was defying those disciples. What he was saying, I will not believe. I will not believe. Unless I put my hands into his, my, my hands, into his hands and into his side. I, I'm not going to believe. Thomas was that, that, that skeptic, wasn't he? I asked my wife, what, what's, what's a good, good word? Give me, give me a good word. Uh, you know, skeptic. He's a very skeptic. And we were talking about Thomas, and she says, he's Eoric. I said, well, that's, that's a neat word. That's a really nice word. Um, what, what do you mean by Eoric? Because I know she does a lot of crossword puzzles, and she's a little smarter than me. Okay. She's a lot smarter than me. And oftentimes she asks me for answers in the crossword puzzles. I try to fake it, but I just don't know, you know. I really don't know. This stuff is way above me, you know. Unless it's like, uh, you know, like something on cars or sports or something like that. Go get the numb head. He might know this. So I thought, York, that's a neat word. Uh, is, that, is that, you know, that pretty much, pre yeah, it's York. Don't you remember Eeyore? In Winnie the Pooh? He, well, he's a horse, right? It was, it was pretty genius on the writers of Winnie the Pooh to make Eeyore a horse. Because what does a horse do? His head is always down. That's exactly right. So Eeyore, oh my goodness. You know, and there's the positive, uh, uh, whatever that kid's name, I have no idea. He's running around all positive and bubbling and everything. Eeyore's, oh my goodness. He's the opposite of SpongeBob, isn't he? Eeyore's the opposite of SpongeBob. That's why everybody loves SpongeBob. He's very positive. Oh, we get to go to work today. All right. You know, and he's jumping up and down to get to go to work today. Isn't, I love that. I don't do that, but I love that. Very positive. I'm a little more like Eeyore, right? The skeptic, the cynic, the, oh, was me. That was Thomas. He, he's, the, he's the skeptic, isn't he? Remember when the Lord Jesus Christ was stayed four days away from Lazarus and 
And, and he, he knew, he knew, he knew before he was told, he knew what was going on. Lazarus was dying. And, and yet he waited four days and, and, and to go to Bethany. But Bethany was very close in proximity to where the Jews hung out. So it was a very dangerous move in his port. And, and, and what did Thomas say? Thomas said, let us also go that we may die with him. That, that's Thomas, right? That's that whole Eoric kind of an attitude, that, that depressive kind of an attitude. You say, wait, what's strange about this? When you really think about it, say, well, then why did the Lord Jesus Christ pick him to be a disciple? Isn't that amazing? The Lord pr- prayed all night on this subject. He prayed all night. And he came up with Thomas. He came up with Peter. And he came up these guys that just, they seem to have, like, like J. Boyd Nicholson said, they seem to have problems and difficulties hanging out of their pockets everywhere. These guys are a mess. That's who the Lord said. Oh, listen, I want the glory. That's who I need. And so there's Thomas, the grand skeptic. Remember in John chapter 14, where it says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, so I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go, I will come again to receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whether I go, it says in verse 4, ye know. And the way, ye know. And up perks Thomas. And Thomas says this, Thomas saith unto the Lord, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? You see, that, that was Thomas. That, that, was, that was Thomas all, all along. He's that guy that always looked for the troubles in the matter. I, now, I'm, I'm really glad that he did, because the Lord Jesus Christ then responded, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Woo! That's a good response. But that's the kind of individual Thomas is. Now Thomas says this, and this is a dangerous move. This is a move of great danger when he said this, I will not believe. Now, if he would have said, I cannot believe, That is one thing. But he said, I will not believe. And that put him in jeopardy of hell's fire. Now let me explain that. What Thomas did in essence is basically he said, my will is going to take precedent over God's will who is in heaven above. That's what you're basically saying. When you hear the gospel and you hear the good news that the Lord Jesus Christ died in your place, and you say, I will not believe. What you are saying is, my will is substituted for God's will, and it is going to be preeminent in my life. My will. My will be done. Me. That's what Thomas said. Wow, that's dangerous. Wow, that's presumption on your part. Wow, that is an incredibly dangerous predicament to find to find one's self into 
Verse number 26 says, And after eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. This is the second time he says that. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. And reach hither thy hands, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believe. And Thomas answered, Boy, did he pick himself up on this one. Does the Bible say he ever reached his hands in and, and actually put his hand? No, it doesn't even say that, does it? And amazing. Thomas must have felt about that big. He must have felt about that big. Because I'm sure all that week that, that was before them, that week, because this is a week later after that first appearance, Thomas was saying, oh, he was, he was bragging how, oh, you fools may believe, but I, I will have to see. I will have to see with my eyes. I will have to touch with my hands. I'm going to have to have evidence in order to believe. What a fool. And when he saw the face of the Lord Jesus Christ and heard His voice, wow. That ended it all, didn't it? And he said, My Lord, my Lord and my God. What a response. What a response. We'll make Him our Savior. But what about our Lord? I, I battle with this every day. This is nothing new under the sun. I'm sure it's your battle as well. The Savior part. Oh, I definitely don't want to be left without a ticket. I've got to have a ticket to heaven. But what about the Lord part? Where He is controller and sustainer of all. That He is above all. That He controls all. He's sovereign over all. And our life, it, it, you know, we're to go to Him. We're to pray to Him. Not just on those big matters. Oh, I, 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 you know, my wife's sick. I, I found out I have cancer. Lord, no, no, no. that's when we pray. Every little issue of life He wants to bring before Him pray. He says this. He says, pray without ceasing. That's what that bolt bears out of. Pray without ceasing. You're going to look crazy to the world as you walk down the road and you're mumbling to God all the time. But that's what it says. It says, pray without ceasing. Why? Because we are a unbelievably needy people. Every day of our life, every large decision, every small decision, every decision that we make must be born out of the will of God the Father or we are on a tough course, to say the least. And so Thomas would say, My Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Now, don't get too proud here, guys. Well, he said, we haven't seen. Well, we do have his word, though, don't we? The completed word of God. So don't get too proud because we have the whole picture from the beginning and end. These gentlemen were actually uh, still standing in ignorance at certain times as to what was really going on. They had anticipated that the Lord Jesus Christ would overthrow the Roman government and that He would stand as King of kings and Lord of lords. And He will, but not now. They didn't understand the whole picture. Now we do have the whole picture before us. So 
Don't get too prideful. But that's what the Lord Jesus Christ says. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of His disciples, which are not written in this book, but these that are written, that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of the Living, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through His name. What a plan! What a tremendous plan! As as its foundations extend way before time ever began, what a plan of salvation that the Lord Jesus Christ would allow Himself to be spit on by His own creation, beat up by His own creation, bleed and die on Calvary's cross, and on the third day rise from the dead in power and great glory. To God be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank You that Your plan marches forward. And we also understand, Father, we don't know all the answers and we must be dependent upon You for every step of the way. We're living in difficult times, our Father. We just pray that You'd guide us, lead us, and direct us by Thy Holy Spirit which indwells us. Help us to remain firm in the truth of God so that we might not believe the lies that so permeate around us. We just give you thanks, our Father, that you're watching over us now, never leaving us nor forsaking us as you have promised. We give you thanks for each individual here. We pray if there's anyone here that has pitted their will against God the Father, has pitted their will against God the Father, oh, Father, that they might realize that there is only one will that matters, and that is the Father's will, even the Lord Jesus Christ bowed to the Father's will. Oh, that they might bow to the Father's will and recognize that the Son that was given was given for them. He died in their place. That they might give their will over. We give you thanks now in the name of thy blessed Son, our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.